coming up on Just Elders Podcast. I think you have a problem. Yeah, absolutely. I think women have a problem. So, nice girl, this and that. I said, man, let me run to Home Depot, get this girl a dope bed. Put the dope bed. <laughs> so, a lot of times when I hear people talking about millennials ain't shit and ain't. I'm going to tell you just like this. Millennials are who I pray for. They my hope. Because if you ever figure out how fucking powerful you are, this game is over. So what we saying is pussy has no value. Yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, there's no better feeling when she just take that pussy, put it in her hand and say, here. <laughs> you know, I stole her first wedding ring. That that structure creates a lot of stress. Yeah. A lot of stress because when you miss yeah. the mark. Yeah. You, you gotta have to wonder why, you and you think you lost your purpose. Yeah. Coconut you know, gold king. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, look. Here's the thing. Like, uh, I'm gonna just be straight up. I ain't, I ain't got no porn star dick, you know. So if you got, if you, <laughs> why can't y'all handle a powerful woman with a career, and that can provide for herself? Ready? Born ready. <clears throat> What's up, family? It's your boy Eldridge, and this is the Just Eldridge Podcast. And welcome to the best podcast on the airwaves. I promise you, you're about to be entertained like no other. Before we get started, I just want to thank everybody that tuned in last week. I got a lot of great reviews, a lot of great feedback. And the number one thing that was said was we love the sisters but we wanted more of a male perspective so i heard you and i'm delivering today today i put together a panel of some of the greatest men i know and i'm about to bring them in and we just gonna ask you questions i actually um the foundation of this podcast i guess you can say is why black man why and i asked y'all to ask me as many questions as you wanted to ask a black man and I went through and picked. Let me just be uh, clear. We had 150 submissions as far as questions. So we're definitely not going to get to all 150. Uh, we pulled uh, a lot of them with kind of the same question, asking different ways. So we're going to have a great time. So with that being said, I'm going to bring these brothers on. I'm going to uh, kind of say a little something about you, but then I want you to introduce yourself. What I want to know is your name, your age, your occupation, your relational status, how many children do you have? And what do you do on your free time hobby? The reason I want to ask these questions because I want to show the diversity in what I put together on this panel. We've had a pretty diverse group. So I'ma start. Let's go. Let's go this way. I'ma start with my main man. Big G. Uh first of all, I want to say I met everybody. G, I don't even know where we met, but I know it's between WALK family. Senegal in the airport, New York. Seen you walking. DC? Yeah. DC airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DC. When we went to Senegal for the first time we met. Yep, went with the Senegal, yeah. Oh man, time. that's special. That's what's up. And we've been rocking ever since. Been rocking. Man, we actually done hung out more out the country than we have inside. Absolutely. We have. That's yeah, crazy. That's amazing. You're my international homeboy. Okay, okay. Rock it in. Big G, tell us your name, your age, occupation, relational status, how many kids you got, and what do you do on your free time, bro? Oh, man. Gerald, a.k.a. Man, a.k.a. The Blue Collar Brother. Oh. Um, I 
do a lot of concrete and dump truck stuff, so I get dirty. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> this nigga sounds sexy as hell. I'm 54 years old. I have one daughter. How old and, is she? Uh, 20 years old. Okay. And uh, and and my free time, I just enjoy life, travel, um, get out. I'm single. Um, I enjoy being single, and I mean that's just it about me. That's good. That's good. Coming next, I met this brother when I was 12. No, was it before that? Something before that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, we, young, yeah, we're about nine, about eight. So this family, is, so. yeah, we family. So this is my cousin. My my dad is his mom's brother. Right. So first cousin, favorite cousin. I can say that on record. Everybody know that. Um, any, Everybody know it. We don't do so much stuff together. They know how we kick it. What other choice? <laughs> so we, uh, you know, this I love this dude, man. Probably one of the smartest brothers I know. Uh, I have had, I can't name one person who I've had more adventures with True. than this person. Wow. Stories. That's what's up. We're going to get some out on this podcast, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so tell us, bro, your name, your age, occupation, relational status, how many kids do you have, and what do you do on your free time? Yeah, my name is uh, Troy. 31 years old, uh, married, two girlfriends, seven kids. I'm joking. I got one wife. I got three boys, eight years old. Hey, hold on. She don't play that shit either. <laughs> <laughs> she don't play that shit. That nigga dropped. 100% playing. 100% playing. I got one wife, three baby boys, eight, three, and six months, just about. Software engineer by trade, um, free time. <clears throat> I got three kids, so that's about it, you know. <laughs> it ain't no free time. Free, it ain't much free time. <laughs> you know, this, this was a special occasion coming to talk to y'all, you know what I'm So, you know, walking outside, checking the mail, taking out the trash, <laughs> Walmart runs, you know, that's about it for me right now. So <gasps> you see me in the streets, you know, it's a very special occasion. We got to talk about that three-hour Kroger run you did one time. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Ah, next man, this brother. Are we gonna tell the real reason why we met, or are we gonna keep that off? It's on you, brother. Ah, you know, I live in truth. It don't bother me. <laughs> Ain't nobody so, coming to me and say nothing. You know, I want to tell the real because I think that speaks to our relationship even more. Man, I met G. How many years ago that was? Five, six. Six years. Yeah. Six. six years ago, G dated my sister Paula. It was G was Paula's boyfriend at the time. And he, we just, the family never broke up with him. Y'all know how that is. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, know, you know how that is. Like, well, you can go. <laughs> so, you know, you know, G, G has been, uh, I mean, he's been a, just a cool, solid brother, man. Um, uh, just been, to our whole family love him. You know what I'm saying? Just, he's just a solid dude. You don't find cats like G uh, no more. So even though he ain't dating my sister, uh, we just kind of kicked it. Then we started a game, Bradley Street Boys. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we got a game, man. We be making noise, bro. If you're on Edgewood, you know about us. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. So, so, G, you know the uh, questions. Give us your name, your age, occupation, relation status, number of kids, and your free time. What do you do, Hoppy? Uh, Gene Boykin, um, 52, <clears throat> currently not partnered. Um, 
and I date women. I don't date no dudes. And uh, I got two sons, 25, 28. I got two fantabulous granddaughters. Yeah, yeah. Five and eight months. Yeah. Those are the love of my life. So I say all that to say that they are my hobby and my focus because I travel to see them and I play golf. Those mm-hmm. are my hobbies and uh, my occupation is uh, insurance. Nice. Agent. Nice. So as you can see, people, I got a very diverse, uh, uh, just a very diverse group. You know what I'm saying? Y'all brother got different background, different perspective, different ages, and y'all know me. I'm Eldridge, Emmanuel Washington, <laughs> 29 years old, uh, leaving the 20 Club in December. I finally been in the 30s. I feel like I've been 20 for 20 years, bro. I'm in the 20 club. Yeah, I can't believe that you just getting to 30. Exactly. Yeah, like I've been, I've, I've been lying about being 20 something since I was 16. So. <laughs> That's probably why. Exactly. So uh, 20 years of 20. Exactly, man. 20 years of 20, man. And I'm my 20s have been great to me. I did a really good job at them. I feel like uh, occupation, Tommy. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, relationship status: I am single. Number of kids: zero. That's and always a show. You made it out of the twenties, sweet. You <laughs> made it out of the twenties like no other. Hey, you no know, wife, no kids. If I do got kids, they overseas. They don't count. Exactly. They don't count. Uh, nah, I ain't got no kids. And uh, free hobby time. You know, I just realized uh, as of last year, for real, for real, I don't really gotta have hobbies. Like, I kind of like people. I get it. Yeah, I like I like people. So I'm learning festivals are my thing. Like, and it's not even for like the food, music or food. It's really most of the people. I'm a true extrovert. I mean, yeah, extrovert in its truest, purest form. That's me. You get energized by groups of people. So I'm learning. I really enjoy festivals. So I'm trying to do yeah, that that's that's a lot more. Yeah. So, gentlemen, first of all, I want to thank y'all for uh, being on this podcast. I feel like this is about to be a very, very uh, entertaining conversation, important conversation, needed conversation. Uh, a lot of these questions have came from my social media following, friends that knew I was doing this podcast, and we just got to go, go through and answer them. And I, a lot of them don't pertain to you all at all, but we're just going to try to speak on the behalf of men that we know. Not all black men, because you can't speak for all black men. Steve Jobs, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Steve Harvey, (laughs) Steve Harvey, and uh, uh, Derrick Jackson, you know what I'm saying? You can't speak for all black men. You can only speak about the men you're around and yourself. And uh, so ladies, we definitely want y'all to know that's the perspective we're giving. And I'm saying ladies, because I know they listening harder than anybody else. And uh, but yeah, we just gonna have a good time with this. So y'all ready? Absolutely. Yes, uh, also, I wanna let your listeners know uh, all men have uh, sworn on the Bible that they'll tell the truth, the whole truth. <laughs> so help them God. Uh, and I have uh, beer and liquor in the room. So all the way to know. It's all the way to go. We, we got the some truth tr- set you free. I'm we, free. We got some truth serum a serum in here. So uh, it's it's gonna be good and chicken and chicken. All right. So I'm gonna let y'all decide. Y'all wanna start? We got different categories. How y'all wanna start? You know, man. You go for your shoot, bro. I got an answer. Shoot. All right, let's get it. 
These are good questions. All right, let's just start with this one. I don't even want to go to relationship stuff first. Let's start with this one. Why is it so hard for black men to find their purpose? And if you found yours, how did you find it? We're going to do popcorn. Throw it up. Man, that's a deep one right there. Finding my purpose, man. I can't say that I found it, man. I mean, I'm still out here. You know, I switch every day on the purpose, man. But I enjoy what I just enjoy life. Life is the purpose that I live yeah, for. Exactly. And, 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 and I think that's that's more of a European concept. About yeah, yeah. Finding I mean, a specific one purpose yeah. for your entire life. When you mm -hmm. look at the continuity of how long we're living now, yeah. you know, the purpose of life is to live it. Yeah. My, my, I wake Absolutely, up brother. and live it to the maximize. Absolutely. If I can maximize that day. Yep. That opportunity to that time, Absolutely. that's purpose. Mm. This this false sense that we've been given <clears throat> by people that you set the standard out here forward and that you live your life guided toward that and that that's somehow going to change everything is not. Absolutely. Because the reality of it is, is once you live life, you realize that that point that you're seeking is, is in movement. It's yep. dynamic. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's, a, it's a moving thing. It's a moving target, man. Yeah, that's that, right. you know, life so my is a purpose moving target. My purpose know? changes it's, sometimes on a daily basis. Yeah, 100%. Yep. And, I, and I can give an example of that. Like for me, 10, 12 years ago, it was just about trying to survive where I can, you know, pay my rent and eat and stuff on my own. So early on, you know, that's what everything was about for me. So that kind of drove my decisions. You know, that means training and everything else. And that's kind of dynamic. So for me now, it's, you know, my kids and making sure they have a foundation so they can, you know, kind of slingshot to a higher level. So that kind of determines how I move and how I spend. So, you know, like y'all said, it's a dynamic changing thing. And I think people who have trouble with that just need to kind of evaluate the environment. You know, what does the environment call for? me to do right now you know um and, and and what do i enjoy right now like you said part of it is actually living the life that you got yeah, you know yeah, um yeah. what do i enjoy I'm about this a lot life? happier yeah. dynamic life yeah with my yeah. life as a young person because <clears throat> I, you know times are different the times we came out of were very structured mm -hmm. you know i come from a small town and it was the thought you was gonna graduate high school you was gonna go into military or college or you was going to go work in a factory or on a farm. Yeah. And then you was going to have a family and kids. That was, that was it. Yeah. Right. There wasn't really no deviation from that. And the thought of uh, me might have one career or several <coughs> relationships or marriage were things that were looked at as, as negative And that things that, I should, that we shouldn't even think about. That I shouldn't even think about that, I'm on, that there's a possibility I'm going to get divorced down the road. Yeah. Mm. That, that structure creates a lot of stress. Yeah. A lot of stress because when you miss yep. the mark, yep. you, you, gotta, you wonder why you, you think you lost your purpose. Yep. Right. Yep, your deem. Yep, absolutely. Gems, gems. Uh, gentlemen, I'm at, so there was a question on here that asks, uh, why is it so hard for black men to find a job? Uh, so I know all y'all got jobs in your careers. So, but but but, but no, I want you to I want y'all I want y'all to answer the question, and then I want y'all to answer how did you land in your career? Like what you? How did you land where you are? And I I know Troy because it's my cousin. I seen his transition, so I'm definitely interested to hear all y'all's as well. Yeah. 
I came, I, I went to college in Augusta, Georgia. Well, I went to college in Cincinnati, Ohio, transferred, went to college in Augusta, Georgia, HBCU, Payne College, shout out. Um, okay. Uh, See, he ain't got no bars. But I started out, you know, with the mentality of going to work for someone. And, you know, I did that for a couple of years. And, and then what, I, what industry? Uh, oh, I was a sales rep for a company called Amsco Wholesalers. We were sales. We, we, we were like a Home Depot for the apartment industry. So mm -hmm. I was like one of the top salesmen, the uh, top black salesmen. They sent me to the hood. I knew all the apartments in the hood, and they did it thinking that they was doing something bad, and I started out selling everyone. And then I was selling like $2, 3000000 million worth of stuff and was making like $50,000. I was like, this ain't adding up, man. I mean, it was good money back then. I was 20-something right. years old. It was good money. Right. But, and, and you know, I was doing a good, you know, you 20-something years old, making that kind of money, got a house and all that. And, but it wasn't, if I'm making them, $3 million, all, I'm, all they paying me is $50,000. I say, oh, that's a different world out there for me. So then I started thinking entrepreneurship. I just didn't know what direction to go into. And then I ended up first with dump trucks. And then from the dump trucks, I ended up doing concrete and little landscaping <coughs> and, and a mix of everything. Now I know everybody that could do everything. And I kind of... But how the dump truck, though? Like, how did, how did that fall? Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm riding with a friend who had a dump truck. Okay. And I rode with him when he picked up a check. And I seen the check. And I say, I got to have one of these checks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to have one of these checks. Okay. And then once I um, uh, saw the check, but I didn't see the, 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 the insurance. I ain't see the tires. I ain't see the fuel. I ain't see the maintenance. I ain't see the labor. I ain't see none of that, to, you know. So I went into it kind of blind. And it got rough for a minute. It kind of caused me a divorce a little bit because I wasn't making the money in the beginning. I quit my job to go do this, and I really wasn't making mm. the money, you know, that I, you know, you know, starting out, and, right. you know. But as I stayed with it, I stayed with it, stayed with it. It started working out for me. You know what I mean? And um, I found well, I, I found a purpose, you know. And um, that's you know that's kind of like how I um got into dump trucks, man. And now ain't nothing you can tell me about a dump truck. I'm about to get with you now. Work on on a dump truck book because I, I know every ain't nothing you can tell me about the dump truck business that I don't know mm. you know so you know I want to share that knowledge and get that knowledge out so he's seeing that check okay yeah, okay yeah. the check Trey yeah for me um you know it's all about exposure and then supporting something like you said you got exposed to the dump truck game um for me you know I had been exposed to some things technology and different things like that when I was young I wasn't really focused on that um, but what really kicked it in gear is when my wife hit me with the, uh, hey, I need to talk. We need to get together and talk. And I saw that pregnancy uh, thing. I was like, damn, I need to get my shit together. Um, so I said, hey, I remember this. what <laughs> options do I have and what am I good at? You know, what do I have mm -hmm. exposure to that can get me the most money, you know, and have, and I can have the most control over. And with uh, the technology industry, if you know your shit, you know your shit. So I can go to Barnes & Noble. I can read a book about software development and I can sell that skill immediately. So that was my thing. I, uh, I started studying and practicing and doing things and started building things and people okay. started paying for those things. Um, and that's really how I kicked off. So it just turned out that so software is everywhere and you get paid oh. really well to do software. And I was like, this how I'm a, So you self-taught. Yeah, self-taught. Um, no college degree, nothing like that. It was just... You know, I got this woman and this baby, depending on me, yeah, this absolutely. is the shortest path to 
me getting the money. So, um, you know, I put everything into that. And what were you doing before out. before that? When your wife like, uh, we need to get this money. Well, <laughs> you know, I was uh, so we are church nonprofit kind of had a daycare. So I was doing a lot of entrepreneurial entrepreneurial things, hustling. You know, when you ain't got too much stuff going on, you can try stuff. Um, so we were in the daycare business. I had a janitorial contract. Um, you know, some things that weren't right contracts. Nah, you know, nah. doing it, doing anything, yeah. uh, doing anything that was the, the hit or miss a life. The hit or miss, you, know, you try something, you hit. Sometimes you hit, sometimes you get it. You know. You know when you start seeing, uh, you know, damn, I, I need to get food for three people now. Or, yeah. Damn, damn, I got to pay this rent now. I need to figure something out that was more solid. Um, so fortunately, I had been exposed to different things in that industry. And with that, you know, if you ain't ever seen it, you know, you can't do it. But fortunately, I had been to a summer camp at the University of Houston um, that was focused on engineering. And, you know, I knew that was an option and I knew how to get there just from that exposure. So, you know, when the time came to be, I was like, I'm going to focus on that. And now that, that feeds my family. And, you know, creates a nice life for us. One thing I love about Troy's story, because again, this is my cousin, so I don't seen front row seat. Like, you know, I stole her first wedding ring. You know, what I'm actually, that's, 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 <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> hold on, what statue of limitation? Seven years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I'm working at Litman Jewelers. I ain't steal it for real. What, for it, 2019? You got him a deal on it. Yeah, I got, I, you got him a deal. I, I, a great I deal. Yeah, <laughs> a great deal. Yeah, uh, he done seen me through it from going to the food stamp office to, uh, you know, to everything. Oh, yeah. hey, that, was, that was another thing but, that made me do it, going to the food stamp office. I was like, damn. Now, yeah. No, what I love about Troy, though, man, this, I seen this dude leave his wife in uh, Houston, his wife and child, and he moved to New York for, like, on some Will Smith Pursuit of Happiness free internship. Right. Like he was Texas. Texas is a lot more conservative, so I looked at New York as, hey, this is a market where, you know, there's more technology and startup companies and different things like that. So for this six, nine, twelve months, y'all stay in Houston. I'm gonna go up here and live in the Airbnb bookcase room. If Literally a bookcase. Putnam Avenue, Brooklyn, thousand dollars a month. I lived in a bookcase so I could hustle. Uh-huh. You know. Um, but yeah, because somebody <laughs> Troy, a big I, boy. How did your wife feel about that? Oh, it was a very, very real time. Okay. You know, I was stupid back then, posting pictures of me having a good time. I was stupid, <laughs> drunk. Yeah. It, it, it was, it, it was a rough time. See, look, but his story just went from being noble to like he ain't shit. Nah, I am shit. I had some not shit moments, but I am shit. Like uh, he messed it up. You were just sounding real good. Yeah, look, the, the thing is, it was like, hey. Her name is uh, Lola Delisbore, or uh, she got remarried. But Miss Lola once told me she was like, "Poverty will last a lifetime, so you can put some hustle in and some hard times now." Or mm-hmm. she's really like, lost. "I done been po- poor. Poverty yeah. lasts a long time, and it don't get no easier. So yeah, you can right. put, you can hustle for this time being, you know, and yeah. offset that, or yeah. you can just keep doing it. So yes, yeah, so, they can keep cutting shit off. <laughs> so you know, seeing seeing uh, you know." Troy really messed up my career. <laughs> I wasn't always Tommy. I had a job. I'm going to be real. I, we got to tell the story because, you know, when I think about it, I look at this nigga and his good job and beautiful wife. You know what I'm saying? I look at this shit and I think about it, man. I had all of that shit. So back in 2008, 
Troy life ain't shit, so he leave Houston <laughs> to come to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So I'm doing good. I'm, I'm work. I'm working for Office Pavilion Suites. Uh, it's this uh, Doug. Oh my goodness, what is this guy name? It was this. So you got to know why I got the job. So I'm 17. I'm 17, going on 18. I had got everybody to know me. Know I got us in trouble in the past. So to clear my name up and try to build a good reputation, I threw away all my jeans, all my casual clothes. Like my senior year of high school, I wear a suit and tie every day. Like my family tell you, it was about three years where I went no jeans. Like, cause I was just trying to. I even back Clean then, your image up. I understood the the power of branding even back then and perception. Yeah. So like, I used to be at church, a youth group, playing basketball in a fucking tie, <laughs> and just like doing regular shit kid doing at church. So this white guy, Doug Hopman, that's his name. Doug, he was like, yo, he was like, I always see you in a suit and tie. He was like, what do you do? What's your job? I was like, I don't got one. <laughs> he said. He said he said, do you want one? And I was like, yeah. So Doug gave me a job. Like, he literally, I had an office. I had, he gave me an office, a laptop. The white guy, the youngest person, the, the next person up to me, I was 18. The next person was like 40. So I'm in sales. So I'm in there doing my thing, killing it, having a good time. Troy come in town. Just like me and Troy, like ace boom coons. Like, so Troy come in town. <laughs> But you remember this shit, so you laughing because you remember it. So, so they like office pavilion suite. We sell office equipment, we sell office space, business cards, websites, stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I'm getting paid a salary, plus I'm getting commission on everything I sell, and I'm killing the game right now. Uh, shout out to Angela Hayes, my old coworker. If you listening, and RJ, shout out to y'all. So Troy comes in town. He see where I work, and he like, bro, how much they giving you? Um, on your commission, I'm like, yeah, 10, 15 percent. He's like, I know how to do all of this, bro. I can be a websites, I can do business card, I give you 50 percent. I'm like, for real? I'm like, and look, now, no, as a young, young as a young man, I'm like, shit, 50 percent. I'm like, man, hell yeah. So I quit. And they say salary. Look, you can get 50%. <laughs> look, I quit. I steal the laptop. I don't steal. I just don't take it back. Steal. <laughs> steal. So, so, no, so I just don't take the laptop back. So me and Trev, we open up our... Is this our first business officially? Yeah, first this, this is our first real... We don't do a hustle. This is our first real business. Man, that's some of y'all. We made... Nothing. <laughs> we talking about so broke to the point where I was about to get evicted out of my apartment where Troy was staying on the couch. Yeah. So I had to go get a job at the McDonald's behind my old job. Yeah. So now my old co-workers. They coming in seeing you working at look, McDonald's. No, check this out. Check this out. So then McDonald's were like, oh, we love your personality and smile. You have to be on front counter. So, oh, you, so, you. <laughs> so, so I'm in the front. So I remember my first co-worker seeing me. They were like, Eldridge, like, how, how's it going? <laughs> That's a shitty thing to ask a person. Yeah. So they're like, how's it going? I'm like, man, uh, shit, I'm good, bro. You know, I just do this on the side. You know what I'm saying? My business. Like, we, we, we booming. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to say 
Trey, the reason why uh that was probably my career. I probably wouldn't be a Tommy right now. Like I probably could have climbed the ladder of that organization. Hey, but you gotta look at the education I provided on entrepreneurship. <laughs> Absolutely. On how much it takes to grind and get it on your own. Like, you didn't now, see it. Yep. Now he didn't. Now that. Troy, now what made for everybody. Man. Now I said all that to say Troy introduction to software development was on my couch that summer on my stolen computer. Kinda. Now, come on now, give me my credit, bruh. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll say it was I did get to do some work on there But you know <laughs> But yeah it, it was an interesting time But you you learned lessons I feel like that time of making no money was uh, Almost out get to it, 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 was, it was fun Some of my biggest happiness Come when I was broke Man and, and, and struggling and, and young <laughs> and, 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 and for real I ain't had no cares You know That's what I mean I ain't really I ain't really, you know, yeah. I ain't really, man, I came to Atlanta. And when you had no false pretense, they knew you was broke. Like, look, girl. Man. man. Yeah. You, hey, yeah, I ain't gonna yeah. lie. I remember when I was broke. God dang, yesterday was hot. And, uh. <laughs> 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 all right, G, all right, G, because we about to get to the other question. I want to I at least get about 10 of these questions in, G. Your thing, man, how did you land where you are? <laughs> like, with your. And, I, I was lucky because I grew up around entrepreneurs. You know, entrepreneurs. My dad uh, was an insurance agent at a trucking company and uh, had, you know, houses for rent. And my granddad was the n- numbers man, and my grandma was the lookout house. So, I mean, I learned, I how, to, I learned how to count. I'm serious. Yeah. I learned how to count at about five or six. Yeah. I could count like a string of numbers and tell you whether a nickel, dime, or quarter was on it, whether it was boxed or straight. You know what I'm saying? So, entrepreneurship. Yeah, like yeah. So that was my that's initial entrepreneurship. Deal. You know what I'm saying? And then um, when I was nine, my dad made us uh, have an okra field and a lawn grass cutting business. So, you know, bottom line, my dad was from the country, bro. You had to work. Right. In fact, I went at 14 because I had gotten old enough where I could go get my mom and dad to sign a work permit to go get a job because, mm-hmm. hey, usually my dad was going to. My nickname in my neighborhood was Slave. I had a twin, I had a twin brother. I had a twin brother. Our nickname was Slave in the neighborhood. I ain't lying, bro. Because we lived in the neighborhood, but five miles away, my daddy had a farm, bro. And y'all would walk and work. We ain't walk there. He drove our ass there. Uh, but but by the time you got there, I can guarantee you work. Yeah, I guarantee up, you man. work. So That's what's up, And man. he was an insurance agent, so that's, you know. He did change. I, I, for a little while, a young age. Following and trying to find my purpose, you know. No offense, though, to the younger brothers here. I feel like that avenue is what the millennials are lacking. I have a younger daughter, and they want to get it, the millions and the big money, and they don't really understand that you know you got to work your way up in life. You know what I mean? And 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 and, you know, but a lot of them are getting it though. I can't be mad at them. You know, a lot of them are getting it. They ain't doing that software, the computer stuff, and, and with the social format. media yeah. things and all that. Now, I would, it's a different format, yeah. but there does need to be a good mixture and blend. Work ethic is the key. And we have lost the value of skilled labor. See me? Yeah. That, that in our community, that a brother who can build some stuff that's a carpenter or a brother who can take a socket out <coughs> and put a ceiling fan in is devalued. But the reality of it is, as we look to build communities as we need build, service. Build, need build our own those people are very important and have significance and we need to reestablish their value 
because that I think that relates to some other stuff that we'll talk uh, about with regard to income inequality in our community. So when it, me and Troy, me and Troy, really gonna get on y'all because <laughs> now you start to talk about conversation. Come, come, all, on, come on with it. We always talk about this conversation on the sense of oh, our fathers and missing the mark on the different generation and what they contribute as it pertains to opportunities to making money. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like and me True. and Tri- me and Tri- like, I mean anybody that's in a well developed world, like we were building websites on tripod. What, what, yeah, like we've been on this thing, we've been on this software, digital stuff before it was cool. It's a different economy though. Like yeah, and, and our dads didn't get that. Our dad. Well my dad didn't. And, and, and unfortunate, you know, for a long time I faulted <coughs> my father. But I realized that it was a it's a structure that creates a gap between Major generations of, of of black men, yeah. and so you know my father growing up as a farmer and on the farm as a sharecropper and all that stuff fortified to him some ideas of what it was to be masculine. Some of those things were beneficial, some weren't. Right. And the transition that we have to begin to make. We can no longer afford to do what our fathers did. And what our fathers did was be that rigid person that says that this is what I was taught. This is the way it is. This shit ain't going to change. You're going to do it my way or the highway. Right. right. Well, at some point, we've come to recognize that that, that ain't work out too well in the long-term outcome. We've yeah. got to take, we take a different approach to it. Right, right. So I recognize that our value is different than millennials. So a lot of times when I hear people talking about millennials ain't shit and ain't... I will tell you just like this. Millennials are who I pray for. They my hope. Because if you ever figure out how fucking powerful you are, the game is over. Right. You know, people running around talking about Mexicans and black people and all that stuff about voting. If they got if the millennials start voting as a block, this country would change overnight. Yeah. Mm. So it would change overnight. And that's not an exaggeration, brother. So, you know, I think it's a time for us, as we learn to love ourselves as black men and love each other, that we need to sit down and have more conversations like this. I, I because that conversation bridges that gap that says, True. you know, I'm not thinking the way you think I'm thinking. Right. I'm not thinking the way they told me to think because I had to change that shit for, for yeah. me to survive. Right, right, right. So let me help you survive, young brother, because there's some stuff that I can give you. But more important than that, my old ass recognized there's some stuff that you can give me absolutely. that I really need right now. Right. This technology stuff, yeah, bro, yeah, I need help. Right, right. And, and, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so a quick yeah. story before I go to the next question. Absolutely. And Trevor remembered this. So you know my dad. You know my dad do the construction thing. And I remember when my dad started doing the uh, storm chasing. And he was killing it. He killed Oklahoma. He was killing it out there. And then that he, tornado. He, the, he, he ride. Your daddy was storm chasing. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, but my dad would go sit That's up. That's a rare thing. My dad. My dad. My brother's doing those chasing bro, those storms. My dad. <laughs> my daddy was shut up shop, bro. I remember my daddy. He took about twenty five men to Oak El Paso, oh, Texas. Like then he did Oklahoma, and then when the tornado hit in Alabama, this is what I was talking about. So the tornado hit in Alabama. So I see my dad's business taking off in social media. And online branding and marketing for businesses are now it's 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 becoming like it's like one of those things. If you get on it now, you gonna you gonna win because nobody else doing it. So we tell I mean we put together this proposal for my dad. No, not even do we we built it. 
We built a new website. Yeah, that's facts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, expecting us to get paid. Exactly. So, like, because I convinced Trial, like, bro, we, my dad visual. So, if we build it for him, he going to pay for it. And that, this is something my dad, again, like, man, he just Shit. spending money. Like, my dad, oh, I need this RV. So, he just bought this RV that I promise you he drove five times. So, he was, I was like, so I got him on the phone, and we'd get this whole professional presentation this is what it's gonna do. This is how it's gonna help your business. So then he says, How much is this gonna cost? So I remember Trey. Trey wanted to charge a smaller price. I can't remember what you wanted to charge. It was less than a thousand. I just but, didn't think he was gonna go for it. So I said five thousand dollars. And Trust start laughing on the phone. That kind of hurts yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figure, you know, the work we were doing was worth it. But I was like, damn, I don't think he's going to go for that. I can't control myself. I just started laughing. So, so, so again. So, cause like, but I think about it like, if my daddy would have granted that 5000 to us, and if we're really doing the work. What do it like, do to it, you? My confidence would have went on a whole. Like literally at that age, I remember when I got. I remember when I got excited about getting ten thousand dollars accounts. Now that's normal now, mm-hmm. but I remember when that was a big thing. If I could have got a five thousand dollars account, how old were we back then? Like Probably seventeen. Yeah, like if I would have got a five thousand dollars account back then, bruh. Mentally, you wouldn't have been able to stop me. Like it would have just been on a whole nother level. Like, bro, this is what I'm already doing. Uh-huh. People are already paying for this, yeah. and it's one of those things. Like, it's, it, and that's all people. But for real, for real, I'm just talking. We talking about black men and black boys. Them actually not only visualizing success, seeing that shit like you talked about, but also believing that they deserve that success. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. when you start talking about that uh, imposter complex. Like that's a that's they a kill most things. because yeah, like, it, it does it does when you see other black men doing what it drives you. Cause even though my dad worked hard, shit, my dad would pop out to Vegas, come back, uh-huh. and he got a picture with him and Ali uh-huh. been there uh, partying. Now back then, him and OJ hanging out or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So he worked hard, but he did Played, stuff yeah, good that time. just affected us. Right. Like when I was I was a kid, he took us to. He took us to Puerto Rico. Black people wasn't going nowhere like that. You know what I'm saying? Now, I will say, my family did. We did travel. Doing doing stuff like that. And And I never traveled. Disney World was the biggest thing I ever done as a kid. And the fact that you just said that, and I know how how many countries I've been with you, and every time you bring (laughs) your daughter, like, we always laugh about his daughter. Mm -hmm. Because Lexi, she's 20. She at uh, Kennesaw State University. And I'm like, bro, ain't no nigga going to impress her with no Myrtle Beach trip. Like, 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 bro, we just got back from Egypt and Ethiopia. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Last year, Morocco. She, and left, she, she got back from Italy yesterday. 14 so, days in Italy yesterday. So it's like, to, to, for him to say, I ain't traveled, but his daughter only 20, and she had, she said on her Instagram, because I have I comment on, she said, 14, 14 countries. Yep. 14 countries Country number 14. at, at 20, bro. Yeah. Like at twenty, so that that's a beautiful thing, yeah. man. And I never did that as a kid. Like I say, we went to we took a bus to Disney World, a Disneyland, whatever one in Florida, and that was the biggest trip I I did, man. And one time we went to Dolly World, and and that was the other trip. But we, had, we I didn't do a lot of traveling as a child, man. And Exposure, you know, man. It, oh man, and that's man, that's the one thing I regret. I'd be a whole different person if I'd have seen some things. Outside of my neighborhood, yeah. you know, growing up at an earlier age, 
Travel, traveling for me to be uh, one of my big best contributions. I say is on country. Everybody know I'm from Monroe, Georgia. I say that proudly. Yeah, but you ain't really country though. Because yeah. I travel. Okay. Because I travel. Okay. You know what I'm gotcha. saying? You know, you know. My, and my yeah. mom was real big on you can be from the country, but you ain't gonna be country. Yeah. That was gotcha. like my mom's whole thing. My pop was from Brooklyn, New York. So yeah. I remember going to New York when I was younger. So like okay. I tell people, I'm a country boy that walk fast. Okay, that's the difference. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's a little swag. It's a little swag in there. But um, uh, man, I got a whole other story. I can do that. But I'm gonna go to that question because you had hit on it. You was talking about millennials voting in the block. Next question: Why do black men not black men not vote? I mean, and that they are the lowest. Black women are the highest voters, uh, and black men are the actually lowest. So why is that? Why do black men not vote? And do you vote? Oh, absolutely I vote. But I believe that black men, the black men that don't vote, <clears throat> don't see the value in voting because they have not been exposed or the, the hammer has been on their head socially so much that they can't believe that a, a vote is going to change you know, how hard this hammer coming down on me. You know what and I mean? Then I, and then so, our, our community is the only community that has people in the background with an underlying message that voting is not going to help us. Yeah. I mean, I don't know any other community that does that where we have people in our community saying don't vote. And, and, and here it is. Even if you believe that, the exercise of our people being unified just to go out and make a mark, whether it counts or not, is a statement in itself. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And to say that our vote doesn't count is continuous misinformation that we have got to stop and address in our community. Absolutely. And in fact, we set the standards. Right. We should set the standards. And, and when my sons became 18, it was no way your black ass was going to get past yeah. not registering yeah. the vote. My, my right. grandfather did And then talk to me now and tell me you ain't vote and then turn around and ask me for some help. Fuck out this yeah. house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah. look, Thank now, you. It's, now I, for me, it's one of those things. I want to do everything that white folk didn't let my ancestors do. So I want to vote. Yeah. I want to read. I want to buy a house. Um, I want to fuck white women. Nah, nigga. Nah. But nah, for real, for real, everything that my ancestors couldn't do, I think it's a slap in the face. When so, you think about how hard they worked to be yeah. able to do that and not to and do then, it. And if you lived in the South, you know, like I did, like my dad got locked up. Mm-hmm. Trying to vote, civil, trying civil to vote, shit. No, yeah. just trying to just trying to drive somewhere. Yeah, because they ain't want a nigga to vote. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. Right. And so, uh, I was a very small child when that happened, but it still had an effect. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the thing now <clears throat> is twofold. Um, the younger guys aren't as connected to that experience of being challenged to have a vote. Mm. First thing. Second thing is, again, it's about setting a standard. I think, I'm going to say me, I. Then I'll say we have not done a good job of driving expectations and standards in our community as men Mm -hmm. for black men. Mm. And we need to say to our brothers, look, you ain't voting, bruh. If you can't vote, then we can't have these conversations we having. Because something ain't right. And we need to get some, have some conversation to get you to the point where you understand the value of your vote, even if it's just a statement, brother. Right. 
You understand what I'm saying? Right, right. Even if it's just a statement, we need to be having conversations about why you ain't doing that and how we gonna maintain a relationship when I know you ain't standing for us. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Right, right. So, uh, so we gotta set a higher standard for ourselves. We can't expect nobody outside of us to do it. It's up to us to start saying to our brothers now, look, brother, I love you, man. But what you're talking right now is some nonsense. You know, some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and maybe a presidential vote don't count, but them judges that lock us up when we go stand in front of yeah, us, no doubt. them yeah, damn no cops doubt. in the street, no yeah, so, so that's that, when your vote count, and you better be up there, brother. So um, um, SELC, Dr. King, then they used to have a program called the CEP program, a citizen education program, and they literally broke down how to be a citizen. Uh, you know, a responsible citizen. And it talked about voting and what are you really voting for. Most people don't know, when you in that court, like anybody down there ever got a speeding ticket and you see how that judge talking crazy to black folk, he was voted in and probably voted in with a couple of hundred votes. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Like literally. And if I know this nigga took my license, you think I ain't about to purposely go vote against him because he took my license and I told him I needed to get to work? You know what I'm saying? So I think if we really begin to break it down on that way and hold people accountable. But Trey, why don't you vote? What? Yeah, I mean, I think the issue, they pretty much hit it. It's a cultural thing where, where there's always the noise of this doesn't matter, this doesn't matter. So there's that cultural influence. And then the other thing with, with what you said, you know, the instant gratification, we can't always easily see the results of that action. Meaning, if I press, if I flip the light switch, I see the light come on or go off. When you vote, sometimes you don't automatically see that. And especially in this generation who is separated from, you know, being hosed down and not being able to, we're far away, we're far, far well, actually not too far, far away. Far away. Yeah, that's that's far one far thing away. about Donald Trump, he done brought him back, ain't he? Yeah, right. Yeah, when yeah, it, they can pull a hose out on you, they will. Right, we're a little <laughs> bit removed from that. Um, we're a little bit comfortable, too comfortable, uh, even though we shouldn't be. Um, so, yeah, since we don't see that immediate effect, I think that's a lot of the reason why. Um, and then a lot of the politicians, you know, you know, for every for every person that's crying that we should vote, a lot of times don't necessarily honor the people who are going out there and voting. So there, I think there's a litany of things that, that, uh, started oh, yeah. that started a tornado. That started tornado that make it easy for somebody to sit out. But I think the most effective thing, <clears throat> and I've tried to be on my social media more active about it, is being like, hey, this is the standard. Like even with. Uh, my brother and sister, I'm like, hey, get out I've there. Never or don't come home. You know? I've never missed the election. I've never missed the election. From the time I was 18 years old, when I went to college in Augusta, I voted in Augusta. When I moved to Atlanta, I voted here in Atlanta. I've always voted, man. And 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 I, I don't know what I was voting for a lot of times, but I'm like, okay, um, it can't be, it ain't hurting me not to vote. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I might as well vote. You and, know what I mean? And, and, and G hit on something, too, that I think. Um, would also help with this is that we don't understand and we have to see and work on ways that, to help us understand the power of collective Absolutely. and getting that and moving as a unit, you know, Absolutely. political action committees, interest right. groups, Absolutely. meaning that, A, you know, a lot of people don't worry about our votes too much because it's, it's not unified, but, A, if you want, I don't know, water fountains yeah. on every couple blocks, if us 
200 people and they see yeah. it's 200 mm-hmm. people say hey this is what we want or you can yeah. fuck off you know th- then you get attention then people want to come sit in front of you <coughs> um, yeah, it's a collective uh, a litany of issues yeah. on why people don't especially cultural yeah. ones but uh, yeah and, 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 and in the day of social media and social contact we have an opportunity that we've never had before absolutely to influence people yes vote. yes you know we do. because yeah. Those yeah. intimate reasons why we should vote. Yeah. Now we can begin to look at them ourselves yeah. and be like, yo, this on one. the ballot is these two folks. Yeah. This the motherfucker right here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This bitch ass nigga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He voted for up. you to get more time. Like, you know, you know, he done already, already kicked out 10,000 years to black people. Yeah. We need to be real. We need to get that yeah. minute with it. Yeah. Social media gives us that opportunity. And I think if you start kicking at the brothers like that, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, you got, he got my cub. Yeah. So I, think about it. Now you take them 200. Well, we yeah. might be at 10,000 real quick. So, uh, so, so what I hear is, you know, really, one, education, you know, really educating our brothers yep. and then holding each other to a standard of it. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we, we it's certain things that we hold Negroes to standards too oh, yeah. as men. And we just got to expand that to other things. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So Another key to that as well, as a pop speaking on what my man Gene's speaking of, I, they said Barack Obama was the first black president. And maybe it was, maybe what. But I believe that black people need a black president. You know, someone with the power to go lobby on black people behalf. I think that when they say, like, the gays get this and... Uh, and uh, Whoever else get that Mexicans get that, you know, they in a joint, you know what I mean? They together, you know what I mean? They lobbying on that. We need somebody up there to lobby on our behalf, and we need a we need to fund him. We need a, a black person that we fund, need to be well funded, and we, we as black people need to pay for that because getting the laws and getting things right ain't cheap. They disrespect our vote, but they they disrespect our people and they disrespect our vote because we're not in unity together, and we need to be in unity together. Speaking on what you were speaking on, man, but. Come yeah. on and start an interest group. It's that easy. Yeah. Or just fund me. I'll be the next president. Yeah. I'll, I'll really. do this. I'll do it right. Lobbying. What, what problems? On, what issues do we have? We being shot in the street now. Yeah. Um, we need a law up here that if you shoot a black person on the street, yeah. they had nothing to do with being dying, you know, for nickel and dime stuff that you've been doing out here. Uh, it's got to be a penalty pay for that federally. I say, I say. Our community has such a power vacuum because of different positions. Like mm-hmm. ministers and churches. Bottom line is, I don't. It, it, out of human nature, it's hard for people to give up power once they attain that power. Power. Oh, so the thing I believe is this: is that we have to <clears throat> almost, for lack of better words, almost come on like a block captain system of focus on specific issues and doing specific things, and and those specific things become how do we get my homeboy in office. Yes. For real. Like there's a, like there's a, a position that ain't nobody thinking about it. Like secretary of, uh, of community or whatever it is. Community commission, Hell, whatever. Down here, city council. The yeah. city council went with less than thousand votes, I want to say. And those are the type <laughs> of things that we can do across this country that would change our community. <clears throat> Just by... But, but the, the thing about it is we don't have time to create that leader. We don't have time to create another power structure. So I believe we go within the organization that yep. we already have. I was have. just about to say that. I so just... we go to Alpha 
Kappas, Omegas. Then we go to the churches together and say, in this spectrum right here, in this specific unit. <laughs> you left our kids for Don't forget the signal. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all don't forget the signal. That's right, signal. Yeah, that's right, brother. Six, oh, six, no, don't worry about it. Go so, on. So, so, I mean, so, I was just about to say that. It's, we don't have a lot of time. Right. But we have an opportunity at hand. The only light that I can say about Trump is that true colors are flying. When you see Damn, young damn. white terrorists on a regular basis doing the things like they've done this weekend. Right, choice of words. And that's what and, and here's the other part of our narrative as black men that we need to begin is to have our whole own narrative to <clears throat> hold other people responsible. Right. That stuff about letting people off, about, oh well, you know he has some problems. We can't do that as black men. Yeah. He those are young white terrorists. Right. Yeah. Those are young white terrorists. Yeah. By law, by legal definition, by their action. Yeah. Everything they've done are terrorists. We don't get cut and a heather of an inch, brother. And we need to stop letting other people get, get cut that slack. Well, so we gotta call got a spade a spade. They got cut all kind of slack. And yeah. nobody holding him and, and so, nothing. So but but see, he's yeah. setting an example of calling them out and they think they're gonna be held responsible. Like people keep talking about impeachment. They don't need no doing impeachment. They need to go get damn Trump Jr. ass and Jerry Kushner. They got documentation motherfuckers and did this bullshit, right? I'm, don't wait on his red hands. Go yeah. get them but right they're now. They're scared they're going to lose the election <laughs> if they go after them. They're scared they're going to lose the election right now. This is what I like. This is what I... This is. I mean, this is one... You can always tell when you're not having conversations enough because when you start having them, it's like, you can literally just stay on it all day. But like I agree with what you said. There are a lot of organizations. And Keith, what I would like you to do is just drop some of those organizations in Atlanta that's doing that work in this comment, in the comments of this show because we do got to get involved with it. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Empower App. Uh, that's a great app that's out here that literally gives you all of your political leaders. You put in your zip code, it'll let you know your board education representative, your state representative, city council, mayor. It lets you know everything. So shout out to Empower Horace. Uh, he's the founder of that app. I'm going to go to the next question, but I'm loving this energy. Next question, it kind of switched up the tone a little bit. This sister wants to know, why can't y'all handle a powerful woman with a career and that can provide for herself? Yeah, talk too damn much. Or why can't oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish this. Or why can't y'all find why can y'all why can't black men handle a woman that makes more money than you? All right. And I'm gonna go straight to the point like this. Okay? It's about mutual respect. And the bottom line is it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you as a woman believe you can talk to a man in, well, I should say it this way. Are you willing to talk to your man the same way you talk to your employer? Because mm. let me tell you what you ain't going to say to your employer. Let me tell you what you ain't going to do to the employer. I ain't even got to tell you because you already know. But will you give a black man that feeds you, comforts you, take care of you that same respect? Mm. And if you do give them that respect, I can guarantee there ain't no power struggle. So, so you saying, in your according to your experience, that women with more money than men are not respected to men like she would. Uh, and, if, and let me let me let me clear, clarify that. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm not saying that. women with more money than men. I'm saying our social structures have created an environment by taking our by taking us out of the house, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. through structures of quote unquote making a um, woman more powerful, making like a woman more powerful, and they did it by one creating projects. Yep. Black man had to make a sacrifice because see, people don't remember the stories. Oh, see, I talked to my grandmama, <laughs> and see, they'll tell you stories back in the day about brothers who had to make a decision of how their family was going to survive, and the only way they would survive was that he <laughs> left out that project so they could eat. Absolutely. Yeah, and then after that. The black woman got educated, got more jobs, got a higher position. That was a ploy. That is systematic, my brother. So it's not just about the economics. It's about the whole social structure that devalues a black man. And so at our devaluation, at our lowest form, who promulgates that the most? First, the black man. Mm -hmm. We beat ourselves up, talk more shit about other Negroes, Mm -hmm. and hurt more black men than anybody else. Number one, why would I expect our women to be much further distance from that? I would say, I, I would say, the first the first thing I look at when I hear that is, you know, verticality, um, seeing things vertical, meaning, first of all, man or woman, money don't validate you, you. Right. Uh, undergrad, a, a master's degree don't validate you or move you any higher, or lower than anyone else, and in this world. A lot of times, you know, those things make people feel higher than or more than or less than. So for a man, a lot of times, if he sees life through that, you know, it's hard to approach you if you're up there because I feel like less than. And then if you come in even a little bit and kind of, you know, give some validity to that, you know, that, you know, because you are up here, you know, and if any type of way you, um, what's the word? I don't want to say it wrong. Emasculate. Y'all know that word. Yeah, I'm yeah, about. yeah. If there's any word, I can't remember um, how to say it, but um, if you give any validity to that, that you are higher than because of your achievements, um, it's hard to deal, you know, with you. But, I mean, I don't think people have a problem you can have at least from my perspective you can have more money you know you can have more education i mean i personally don't care because i don't get my value from how much money i make i know i know i'm a player either way you know i'm know i'm cool whether i, I don't i've been broke and i don't had uh, when I say play, I don't mean multiple okay, women. I okay. just mean, okay, you know, I'm cool. I'm about to say clear. I just want to give you, I want to just put your disclaimer yeah, in. So my wife, no, I ain't saying. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm straight no matter what, you know, because uh, I done been broke and I done made a lot of money, you know, so in either way, I'm still me. So I, I think that's the problem with it, people seeing things vertical. One, the men sometimes look at you vertical like you up there and they and they automatically think that you looking down and anything that you say or do that gives validity that makes them feel that way. So I'd rather not deal with it. And then the same thing on the other end of it when a woman, you know, gives credence to those things and treats people that way. Um, but <laughs> I think that's the issue with it. But for somebody like me, I don't care whether you make yeah, 500K yeah. or 50K, you still a woman walking up the street to me. I G you go. I can't wait to get my perspective on this guy. Person, I think it's all a myth. I think it's something that women that make a lot of money that made up in their head that men are intimidated by their <clears throat> worth and how much money they make and this and that and other. To be honest, what woman who makes a lot of money wants a man that you know they you ain't really trying to give a brother a chance anyway. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, 
really, you know, the women that's making money ain't out here looking for no dude that, uh, you know, I know several women, plenty of women, good women that make good money, say they can't find a man. No, you just can't find a man that's in your income bracket. But there's plenty of dudes out here that'll take you and treat you right. Got, we in line. We in line. <laughs> we in line. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, there's plenty of dudes out here that'll be good men for you, but you passing over the good men because your friends say that, oh, he ain't making no money, and I'll, I'll be taking care of him, and, and this and that and the other. But Let me no tap me in. Tap me in. Tap me in. I am by no means intimidated by your bank account or your bank status. Because I, if we're together, we're gonna have a lovely life, regardless. Let me say this: as long as I'm an authorized signer and I can use a debit card hey, too, I ain't see, tripping. see. All right, so let's talk about it. So let's talk about it. Like, first of all, me, I am not intimidated about. First of all, I'm I'm single, but I'm dating. Every woman that I'm dating make more money than me. Let me just let me just let me just be clear. I'm not intimidated. I don't got no problem with it. I just don't like it. And not to say that any woman that I'm talking to does this. I don't like it when you forget you make more money than me. (laughs) 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 So what I I mean by that shit, we cool. And we can do whatever we want to do. We can go out. We can travel. We can do all of that. But you make more money. So act accordingly. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't, so, don't be so, looking at me when the bill comes. Hey, like, so, I can afford $50 I, steak. I'm like, come on. Like, <laughs> you, I, see, I'm, you know my budget, Mr. Mike. I'm a, I'm it's Edward Pizza. Now, we came on over here. <laughs> that was that your suggestion. So look, oh, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. So I'm dating you remember my ex. I do remember the, the one, ex, the, unfortunately. Yeah, the one we all despise. But I got to tell this story. So when I met her, um, because I'm Tommy and, you know, I'm free and I travel and I really just live. Like, I'm I'm always on the scene. I'm always out on the go. So Passport got all kind of You get the perception of it. <laughs> yeah. But now we ain't even talking about that. So here's the issue. Like, I'm saying it don't where I live don't matter. I just need a really I need a box in a corner to lay my head because I'm gonna pop up in a minute and get back on the go. I don't care where I live. So when I'm dating her, at the time I'm renting a room from G. I'm renting I'm I'm renting a room from you, and I ain't my expenses low low. So my disposable income is high high. So we go out when I first meeting you. Hey, you wanna link up wanna link up for breakfast? Okay. So we link up, thumbs up, I pay for breakfast. Oh, you got time for lunch? You liking this motherfucker. So you know, I'm going to lunch. So we we hanging out, we dating on the regular. So I remember when we got in a relationship and then we decided to move in together. So it was a big thing because she one of the people that her home is her palace. She needs she needs like uh, a certain zip code. Yeah, like it, it, it ain't even money. It's just more so this is what I need Status. to function. You know what I'm saying? It ain't even like, oh, I gotta have I can't I gotta stay in something nice. She just can't stay in the, the trap bando like I can't. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So she can't, she can't live in a box. So we live and I gotta live in Atlanta for business and work purposes. So the spot I found was like seventeen hundred a month. So I went from paying Five total everything a month 
1700 a month. So I remember we get to arguing down the road in a relationship, and she said, well, we don't even go out like we used to. No, because that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, like for bro, real? like, bro, what do you mean? Like, like but, but see, you know, like, I think so, even from a different perspective, you know, sometimes I feel that uh, people get very comfortable when you provide comfort for them. And they almost get to the level of comfort that they forget what you're doing. Because, you know, uh, like I, I, I was uh, involved with a young lady. And she had some situations. I helped her out of some significant shit. She turns around to me talking about when we going out of the country. I'm like, we're not. I just, I just kicked out serious for you, y'all. We not going. I'm going. Yeah, I ain't got a lot. G, the type of nigga... The fuck it up a nigga like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If a woman ever met a G, a dated a G, she probably ain't gonna fuck with an E. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm gonna just be real. I'm gonna just put it out there. I'm gonna put it out there. Cause it'd be on a whole other level. So sisters, as you can see, we don't really have no problem no. with y'all making my money. That's a, no. that's I think you have a problem. Yeah, absolutely. I think exactly. women have a that's problem. Like, that's a, the, for, again, that's another a, false like I narrative. Say, that's just something that they pop another up Another false head. narrative like that's me. been created. No, I just don't like you. I don't matter how much money and you so, make. And so then like, so you gotta that? talk about outcomes predetermined. Right. Like when you say that nigga a bad student, he a bad student. So when you got in your head that all Negroes ain't about nothing and you make enough money that most of them can't approach you, you just create an environment in your universe that supports that. Let's be honest about it. And so there are brothers out there who have significant value. It may not be as cash assets yet, but they can provide value to these people's lives to help change their lives in a way that makes their life much more brilliant. So look. However. I'm the blue collar brother. Yeah. I put up a ceiling fan, uh, fix a light switch, I got one now that I met her, me and my brother, we call a doorbell. <laughs> got to her house and pissed the door, it didn't work. So, nice girl, this and that, and I said, man, let me run to Home Depot, get this girl a doorbell. Put the doorbell, <laughs> <laughs> put the doorbell on the doorbell. I put, I put the doorbell on the, on the door, you know what I mean? So, I tell my brother, you call it a doorbell lately? Like, she live in California. Now, good folk, no good people. Yeah. But she remember that, though, you know what I mean? Right, She's like, right, right. all these other dudes I done messed with, they can't do this, this, and that, other. He came and put a doorbell on. See, you know? niggas like you get on my nerves, too, because oh, okay. I'm just not that but, nigga. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but let me say this though too Like you can set a stand standard And I call them boundaries You can set a standard If you want certain things That's great But realize like you said The outcomes with that Another question I would ask is How do they know how much money you make? You know how Are you doing things Are you doing things Or you know That make you seem haughty Or something like that Because I mean when I first meet people you know, I, I don't know how much money you make. I don't know. You might be dressed well, I mean, nice. But but we I mean, have to understand that there is an image set out there right. of, of of what's being portrayed as, for lack of a better word, this slick brother. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's uh, uh, they're attracted to. Now, I ain't going no detail because that ain't necessary. But the bottom line is all that shit is superficial. They get suckered in for it, and then they want to talk about why. Why you know why things aren't aren't good? Because you are basically setting standards based on false images created by media and think somebody gonna live up to that shit for a long term period. And so the ones who out there front exactly and and 
in debt. Yeah. So so the bottom line is there are some brothers who try to live up to that standard, but when they do, it's a total false image because it's not reality. It's created based on the standard of false false perception. And so, can you hand can can y'all handle somebody who make less than you? Like yeah. me, meaning, do you have to make? Do they have to feel less than because you do? Yeah. You like, know? And it's, are you because basically with the concept of how do we know? Then the statement becomes is how is that continuously measured anyway? If you get past the point that we know each other, you know I'm a good person. I'm a respectful black man to you. I'm trying to help you and assist you and uplift you and not. Not do anything negative to you. I ain't trying to get no money. And I ain't trying to get nothing from you. So why should that even be an issue up front? And again, it goes back to right there. So I would suggest that women who really think like that really go back and evaluate. Because thank God, thank God that you're doing well. Thank God that you've educated yourself and you played the the system or the political roles enough to be elevated in the system. I mean, I'm proud of you. I appreciate that. However, understand that you're doing that within the organization and outside of that organization, that shit has no value. So check this out. Number two, that you got to learn balance. And that role you play at work has no variance or bearing in our relationship. Who you are at work, whose bosses you are at work, ain't got nothing to do between me and you. So you got to balance that up front. That's good. All right. And then third and finally, bruh, why are we so oriented in trying to make life decisions about relationships with people we just met? Because they don't want to go down the road and and be on the road of and, and these tracks ain't right, man. You know what I mean? They want to be on a train that's going to end up somewhere. They want to, you know what I mean? They don't want to be riding on something that's well, going to go off the tracks. So they want to check it out before they get on. Somewhat I can't blame them because they get, you know what I mean? I kind of do it myself. You know what I mean? I ain't going to ride so, on the road with somebody I know ain't going to, you know. No, 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 no. So, so, what I'm saying is that dating and getting to know people is the process by true. which okay. we have an opportunity to learn the person first, then make decision. You got people making that decision when they first meet you. Yeah. Is this a good man? Is this somebody I want to date? Well, you don't know him I yet. I think people don't know how to date no more. I think that's that's the issue. A lot I don't of people even don't believe in dating. Yeah, Troy but, don't believe in dating. He met his, he that's met another conversation. He met he met his wife and like, we're doing this. So like, no, nah, he just met her in real life, but he just he just, I just married. got to know her. He Not dated the her the right way. I, I got to know her as through a, a circle of friends and different things, so I could see how she really acted. Then he acted. said, I, then he I said I've been how, watching you. You exactly. let me get married. I see, yeah. I see Let's how get married. you handling that's a good way. That, yeah. that was our first conversation. But that's what I'm talking about, that process. That's why Conflict resolution. I even think I like when you, when you meet a woman and she got her life going on when you met her just like you had yours. People want to all of a sudden, well, I'm just going to make them exclusive. You shouldn't do that. Y'all should be hanging together. Yep. You should be watching how she treated that other. Mm-hmm. So you begin to watch that to see is that a pattern. You should want to watch me around mm-hmm. other women to see what my patterns are. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't have those experiences, mm-hmm. people can tell you any damn thing about who they are. And you will believe it because you have nothing to so analyze. So here's the thing. Don't be with Why y'all if you ain't had an argument with them. If you ain't had a disagreement, not just an argument, but a disagreement, and y'all done worked out the disagreement Amen. to the point where you can be together. But you know y'all can navigate through thing. some shit. Yeah. Right? That's true. So this that flows right into the next question. Why do black why are black men afraid to commit? 
Woo. Black man. Now I want Jared to answer that person. He said, Woo. Woo. Why are you afraid to commit, Jared? You a good man. You changing doorbells out here, bro. I know some women right now asking for your. This woman asking for your IG right now. If y'all cash at me $20 at Elders Washington, I would give you that number. Dollar, I would give you Jared's number. That's a, this a good man. He changed the doorbells. That's a good man. I don't care what y'all say. Because I'm going to just knock. It's hard for me to commit because I don't get to that point. I'm a hard lover. Like, if I'm going to love you, if I'm going to like you, and I'm going to be with you, I'm going to give it all I got. Okay? But if I see something that ain't worthy of, of, if I see some signs that ain't, you know, worthy of me giving you all I got, I'm kind of going to tip back a little bit. And I'm not going to, I'm going to put you in a different status. We're not going to be. What's some of them I signs? I can't be committed. You give, know what I mean? Give us some of them signs. You ain't, you're not listening. <laughs> we we having conversations. And I can tell you. Uh, coming at my pocket very quick. I need some money. Um, I seen a meme in Atlanta. It said, Atlanta, the only place you date a girl, when you get her number, she about to get kicked out of her apartment. Yeah, exactly. like, like, yeah. I, had, I had one uh, I met at Piedmont Park Jazz Festival okay. on Saturday. Okay. Uh, on whatever's happening on Memorial Weekend, uh, uh, Labor yeah, Day weekend. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, whatever's out there. I met her on Saturday, whatever. That Tuesday, she had a car dealership saying she need $800 to put a down payment on a car. And I'm like, baby, I can't help you with that. You know what I mean? I, I'm, you know, that ain't, but you know, I, I, just, I don't but know but you. I like you and person. I think you cute and I think you great. We didn't have a, you know, we, we hung out for like three days straight. You know what I mean? But did you I hit though? I, I, nah, I can't. Ooh, that, that, she asked for that. Y'all ain't had sex? Nah, nah, bro. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, what? Man, I mean, <laughs> you know, I get that all the time. Bro. That ain't even, See, that, that ain't even no prerequisite. That's got your ass out here fishing doughbills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's because there are, Again, there are assumptions. City girls. There are assumptions. There are assumptions that, you know, older guys are willing to fork out some money for some shit because we're older. That's and true. that ain't the case. Sugar daddy. Yeah, yeah, that's sugar, sugar daddy, daddy bullshit. No, uh uh-uh, uh, no. Nah. Sugar daddy now. Nah. Yeah, no, uh uh. No, no, no. See, that's the first misconception. How old was she? That's the first misconception. I was relatively, I, I probably was, uh, I was in my 40s, probably right. mid, late 40s. She about 25. No, 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 no. She was losing. She was been like 38 or something like that. She wasn't that, yeah, it wasn't that bad though, man. She was cool, but. I said, look, baby, I just can't do that. I like you. And that made me go in the other direction. You know what I mean? That made me like, bomb, 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 bomb. That's an obvious one. Give me one more. Give me one more. Fuck up. G, because I ain't got to ask you, Troy. You, no, no, you I got something. I'm committed. An example of. Yeah, another example why why you like put women. Because I think women need to hear this. Because I think a lot okay. of women do this and stuff. And the big like, picture is, mm-hmm. I don't think he, he's not saying he's not willing to commit. He's saying the same thing I, I am. That I need to know a person. I need to go through a process. I need to have some experiences so I know this person other than the lip service and the yeah. philosophy that they've yeah. given me. Mm-hmm. Lip service. And so then good. I'll be willing to commit. And for me, it takes a little while to know somebody and people, they want that instant gratification. Oh, well, now we're going to be together and you're going to commit me right now and then that shit ain't going to happen yeah. because look at him. I don't know you. Uh, or what are we? I don't what, know what you. We? What are we? What are we? I'm me and you, you, because that's who we been. Hey, look, hey, look, but then, you know, 
when you when you're dating, when y'all not in a committed relationship, is what are we? And then when y'all get together, it's why me? Yeah. You notice that? Like, bro. And let me tell you what. And see, I ain't trying to be funny. There's phases in life. You at a different phase than that. And there's certain shit I ain't gonna put up with. Why? Cause I ain't gonna have no more kids. I ain't got that purpose or goal or setup or building a family down the road. That shit is past tense for me. Right. Me That's too. in the book. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Right. So the stuff that you come at me with as a 52-year-old man, you can't come at me like you did when I was 32. Because, right. number one, I'm just going to be real upfront about it. I don't need sex like I did 30 years ago. So you can't dangle that really? carrot. That carrot ain't as big as it used to be. Am I lying, bro? You ain't telling no lie. Am I lying? The 54-year-old G ain't the 24-year-old No, uh, I'm like Fred Sample. It's still a G. I'm like Fred Sample. I'm like a Harlem Knight. It's like, look here. No, I ain't trying to fuck all night. I'm trying to go 35 minutes real, real hard. And then fall into a deep coma. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes. But but let me say this on commitment too. Uh, I commit. I committed pretty young, like out of 31. You know, I committed at what 22, something like that. Um, my thing is, is one. He was a wild boy for that though, boy. Yeah, but <laughs> that big tribe, boy. Huh? Number one, coconut you know, gold king. Boy. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Hey, look, here's the thing, Big like... <laughs> Alright, you need to stop. <laughs> Culture, cult, culturally, you know, um, same thing when we were talking about the voting stuff, but culturally, you know, because I ask myself a question that's a lot, me and my homeboys anyway, it's like, man, you know, and it's not just with men and women, it's, it's just consumption, period. We have a culture of consumption, of not being um, being able to be sated easily or get our feel or content easily. Number one, for a lot of guys, and I'm not saying all of them, but depending on the cultures you came up around, I mean, it's a lot of flavors out here. People want to try things. You know, why can't you just get one type of ice cream and never eat another one again? Or why can't you eat the same meal every day? So um, there's a cultural aspect to that in terms of, um, you know, we – we a lot of us come up chasing, trying to get as much as we can, um, and, and and that's what it is, you know. And for a lot of people, they don't mature past that. I heard somebody explain it as a maleness or boyness or whatever of just being able to chase and go after things. But I mean, part of it is a maturity thing. But um, you know, most people, you Chemistry. know, the culture, the culture in Chemistry. our in our country is to consume and get more, and mm-hmm. and that's for women, that's for cars, that's for the house, the neighborhood, the education, you know, and that transfers to everything. But I know people from other countries who don't look at commitment like that. They don't look at trying to get more and more and more, you know. Um, but I think it's just a cultural thing. But there are guys out here who want to commit. You know, even if they got all the women available to him. I got a homeboy who just proposed to a girl. He wants to be married. That was it. When he was single, he couldn't stand it. He wanted to be married. He wanted to have one person he could kick it with. And this is somebody who I know get them Jones. You know what I'm saying? Like, he gets them, you know. Um, But that wasn't the lifestyle he wanted. So, I think that's another myth that people don't want to be committed. It's just the fact that we see that so much or you see something happening with Carmelo Anthony or you see you know or listen to Jay-Z and Beyonce situation but there are a lot of men out here who just want to rock with one person you know you just have to see 
make sure you're rocking with people that are mature and that aren't subscribed to certain cultures. I get, I get that. And um, for me, I ain't, I ain't afraid of commitment. You know what I'm saying? But the issue is, you I'm said a, not afraid. Yeah, I'm not afraid. I'm just around too many old ass niggas like these G's right here. <laughs> hey, don't hate the game. You can ready to be one one day, boss. You gonna be hey, hey strive to be like us, bro. It's a game long though. So, nah, Keep living. No, nah, I'm definitely not. I'm not. I think, and I think G seen it up close with my last relationship. Troy definitely seen it. Like yeah. you know, I, I was definitely aiming for the commitment thing, and that's the fear. You make the wrong one. You make commitment. To the wrong one, and that kind of uh, it kind of it, what it does, it makes you smarter. So you move differently. So it, it's not that I'm not afraid of commitment now. It's just I can't do you what you said based on yeah. your experiences. Yeah. But but see the thing about it is, again, you know we have to recognize several things in that thought of consumption. That consumption is immediate. But damn, turn your phone off. But but that uh, <laughs> that assumption is uh, immediate. And it's like everything else that we want is supposed to be immediate. And that's why I keep going back to this process. You know, the only time people got together like that back in the day was arranged marriages where somebody popped up and put somebody else together. There was a dating and courting process, and people knew each other two or three years beforehand. I'm a so dater the, and a quarter. Yeah. yeah. I'm a dater and a quarter. And, and so I'm the thought is this. Man. I'm old school. Yeah, I'm old it's school. The, and it's not that I'm not willing to commit, but there's a process. And so... You know, most people, after they've been out five or six times, they want to believe that they truly know you. No. That they truly know you. And the reality of it is, is, let's be honest, you may know a lot about me, but you don't know yeah. me. Yeah. And so we need to get to a real process all of time, knowing people. And when I know you, I might be willing to commit to you. But let's be clear, brother, I am not willing to commit to anybody I don't know. I appreciate this brother. Just met him. But me and him ain't going to sit down and sign no contract right now. We just met met each other trying to do business. That would be crazy as hell. But we want to do that in a relationship. You want to meet somebody, and in two weeks, you want to sign a contract. Mm. Brother, for me, that's not rational. So what if they it's say, but you, want some, but you want some nanny? Brother, let's go to that subject. Me and a sexual exchange based on value? It's not something that I'm going to participate in. If we're going to do that, we're going to do that. But it ain't going to be no exchange and no bullshit about. Because I'm a grown-ass man. I ain't 22 years old no more. You know what I'm saying? So you can't run no game on me nigga, like you ain't been fucking. Nigga, we ain't, we ain't holding <laughs> the pussy from you. Yeah, don't want to. Or don't want to. And then the other problem that you got to recognize, when you play that game, you in Atlanta, Georgia. Right. Uh, so yeah. let's be honest. I ain't trying to be funny. I ain't got to brag or nothing like that. But just by the presence of being a straight, hetero-preference male that try and treat women with respect and love and kindness. And you got your own house and car and drive. I don't have a problem with somebody spending some time with me. So the exchange that you want to make based on that, you just blew the whole match up front because that showed me that you're placing some value in some shit that, again, I just told you a little while ago. 
So that that ain't got a lot of value for so you. I think that's a gym for women. So 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 that's many women put value on that. I mean, that's a gym. I don't no value. I don't put no value. I don't put no change on that. That value exchange, I don't participate in. This is just elder podcast. So sometimes we got to say stuff plain for our listeners. So what we're saying is, pussy has no value. No, I'm saying pussy has value. It does. Let's be clear. It does have feminine energy has significant value for me. However, as an exchange. Yeah. For my present, as yeah. an exchange for my commitment, yeah. is an exchange for my freedom. And black yeah. man, let me tell you what yeah. I got. Absolutely. I One of the only that. things I got that I know about Which is my fucking freedom. And Ooh. I'm not exchanging it for nothing cheap. <laughs> God you damn. Call it cheap. Don't call it cheap. When you put it out like that, brother, yeah, cheap. that's cheap. Yeah, when yeah, a yeah. woman knows her value, and she engages with you and has an exchange that's intimate and powerful both both of y'all, she knows that ain't got nothing to do with no money, mm-hmm. no time commitment, mm. or none of the other stuff people talking about. That's real power and energy being exchanged. And if you down with it, I'm with you because that other stuff, bro, I ain't even, we, I ain't, it ain't no more one night stands for me. I can do it, but by choice, I want power. I want exchange. Yeah. I want something of real value. I used to press for it, but I learned that that it's more valuable and it's a better situation when you someone act gifted. like you don't even want. Yeah, when it's gifted. I exactly. want it as a gift. Exactly. Yeah, I want you to literally love, give bro. yourself to me. Bro, and if you don't want to give yourself to me, I don't want you, bro. Yeah, bro exactly. I ain't gonna lie. There's no greater feeling when she just take that push, put it in her hand, and say, "Here." <laughs> <laughs> Homosexual that I want to live, I want to get with you just to live with you and all that stuff. I ain't with that. <laughs> a hobo. I don't want to miss so, the point so this, you made though. So, so the thing is this, bro. When 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 I'm hustling you, when I need something from you, girl, you sure looking good today. You like gravy and biscuits. All that bullshit. Well, you sound like Elgin, bro. You sound like Elgin. Hey, look. Cut this nigga mic off. Hey, Let me go to Trump look, before look, I go to the last look, question. I don't want to miss a point that I believe you said. You can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> when you said, now look, you grown now. Because the original question, the rebuttal, I said, I know we were here was, but what if you want some nanny and stuff and then not on a commitment stuff? But I think what you were saying is that you know, you too old to be fronting like, hey, we know we both want this. So if this is a moment that we both want, don't try to make this an exchange of, oh, I just gave you this. Now you owe me something stronger. And it's more, and you're making it more than us just right. both. Right, let's take it a step further. I can be your friend without us having sex. Right. I can be a friend with a woman without me having sex with her. You know what I'm saying? For a while. For, I mean, on the continuum, it's about it's about well, the dynamics well, of a relationship. Walking around looking like a hot, you know what I'm saying? See I'm the, sooner or later, way. I'm gonna have to. I, I'm a man. Don't get yeah, me wrong, yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying is this, brother, is that I respect your decision enough for you to determine whether or not you want to be with me. I got but when you want to be with me, with it me. ain't gonna be you no know, value exchange of I'm getting committed because of that. Right. No. No, 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 no. Uh-huh. So I'm about, I'm about to go. This has been good. I'm about to go. So I see what's going to happen now. 
We're gonna have to do this type of episode it's with multiple different brothers, and we're gonna, we're gonna do a volume two because mm. we only got like four questions in. So like, this has been good, y'all. I for real, for, I really right enjoyed. Right, definitely right, gotta right, do right more on. of these. Um, uh, no, why are black men caught up on looks? What is wrong with the curvy plus size woman? Both of y'all looked at me. I know. I'm wondering why he said this question is for you. Uh, Oh, you think because I'm plus size? (laughs) 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 It's for for everybody. It's for everybody. And I can say what for me. For me, I'm a spirit man. I remember my ex used to say, I hate when you say that. Because you don't know what type of woman I'm attracted to. If you got a good spirit, I ain't going to lie. I'm probably going to give you a shot. Like, big or small. It just, you know, I, me and Keith seen a uh, sister the other day, a uh, big girl, dark skin with a beautiful smile. And I was like, man, her smile is gorgeous. So, like, for me, I ain't, you know, I, I rock with a big girl. I, I'm going to give it to you straight on this. I'm going to give you three quick points on this. The first one, the first one is just general, and the two are my personal opinions on it. First thing first, as you said, I mean, again, it's a cultural thing. That ain't the beauty you see in the media and the magazines, on the TV, different things like that. It's slender, petite, different things like that. And that just don't work in your favor. That's how we condition, you know. But you go in other countries where it ain't like that, Africa, you know, different places like that. Don't nobody, ain't nobody worried about you being plus size. They might like that. Now, now, two personal reasons. I'm going to keep it 100 100. You can't get mad at me for my own person. Personally, it ain't for me. Number one, I'm fat my damn self and I don't like sweating. So if we in the bed tonight, I don't want you cuddling all up on me. We both can't be sweating. <laughs> exactly. That's that just my personal. My personal thing. I ain't got nothing against it. Maybe we could keep the AC low. I don't know. But I don't like sweating. I don't like nobody all up on me. So I already got my additional size. I don't want yours on me. And the second part, you know, uh, I'm going to just be straight up. I ain't, I ain't got no porn star dick, you know. So if you got... You know what I'm saying? To get to the main event. We got a motherfucking porn. Exactly. <laughs> If it's one or two inches of extra layer, I mean, like, you don't fuck my shit up. We halfway done with dicks. So I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to make you happy. Goddammit, shit. So we got all the extra it. stuff in the way and shit. I'm trying to get up in there. So I'm doing. I ain't fucking with you just because one, I'm married. Two, just because I'm doing it. Yeah, your, let's throw that part in. That's kind of important. For your benefit, I ain't doing it. You know what I'm saying? Because we'll just be like, you ever seen when people on the hamster wheels? And they just running into each other. I can't remember the name of it. But that's what it's gonna be like. You know, and, and I oh, done yeah. tried before. I done got behind a big stallion before and I was back there like <laughs> I, was back, <laughs> I was back there like a ruby <laughs> like, I don't know which way to start and go with this. So I mean that's my personal <laughs> Hey, I don't know if I'm trying to go sideways. That's keeping it real. That's keeping it real. That's keeping it real, real. My, my wife petite, you know, oh, and it doesn't God. work out that way, you know. But, said, literally, you let know, me dive in. Go find you one of them safari niggas. I know a lot of niggas don't care about that, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's just a societal thing. It's trying to change. You got people like, uh, what's her name? Ashley Graham, who trying to put on for the plus size. You got... 
uh, Sierra Rogers and like babes and felines who shining, who make you know changing the uh-huh. culture and things like that. But that's just what it is. It's the cultural yeah, thing. All, me personally, yeah. I gave. I mean, that's just me. You know, we ain't gonna work out. You know, so, 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 big so, girls got a certain sexiness, man. That's, it that's depends a, that's, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it all depends on it, man. You know, man. I I love Jill Scott. I'm a Ooh, Jill. I'm a bro, when them pictures leaked, bro. Y'all remember them pictures leaked? She said those pictures hey. weren't her. <laughs> boy, you stop. I could tell the titty structure over her. Like, Jill Scott is beautiful, bro. She Fantastic. I, I, be so and then she did the mic thing. And, and, and her fair <laughs> relationships. So you could easily be with me, sister. I ain't gonna take you through all these problems exactly. that you be having. You know oh, what I mean? Let, let, but uh but but beauty and size, whatever is in the eye to behold. I got plenty of friends that love big women. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I ain't no real lie yeah. big women lover. Keep you know what I mean? I, you hand. know, I ain't most of my and, and you know women have been I'm a big dude them. too. I'm yeah. big too. So I yeah. you know, I yeah. ain't no real life. But the right one? It's to me, yeah, no, nah, because you know, if she got great energy, the, uh, yeah. the last girl I dated, she wasn't heavy at all, but she mm-hmm. was thick. Yeah, but yeah. it was about her energy. I had and dated a lot of big times, girls. And see, the, the 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 other side of that shit is this: <clears throat> I dated her because of her energy, how she presents herself, her confidence. Confidence. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Can't handle the but but attitude. see, sometimes women will. Even if you like those things about them, they'll get confused because they do got a big booty mm-hmm. or some shit like that. That that's what you focus on. I have to let them know that look, there's a thousand of them big old butts out there. Yeah, that shit does not impress me. Yeah, yeah. and I and you know I and I, I gotta so, say this because I was talking to a woman on the phone. I gotta say this just because we like IG, Facebook, Instagram, don't mean we like. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know right, what I'm saying? Like, let's just be real. Yeah. Like, we be liking a lot of stuff on social media. Maybe she be having like hundred thousand occupation. That's just something to do. Exactly. It be something to do. Our home. If you got home, but like me, uh, G G be sending Gerald be sending me some crazy shit. <laughs> so, so, so you know, you know, you be got that, you be got that good shit in your inbox. Like, man, what the fuck is this? And you accidentally liking it. So, like, a question back on that too is how you know how you know they don't like you necessarily because I mean this is something me and E have talked about like. I have missed out on a lot of opportunities just because I thought, oh, whatchamacallit, this person not necessarily feeling me. But right, right. as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, you know, I can well, pull that. Be so a confident. lot of times you got a self-defeating attitude of, or self-conscious a lot of times <clears throat> when a lot of people not even thinking about that. Like, I very rarely look at somebody, and maybe it's just a bad thing. Maybe I'll skinny niggas look at people like this. I don't know. But I don't look at people and be like, damn. She is sloppy. She is fat. She, I don't. I don't. I don't look at them like that. <laughs> you know, but that I, voice. But, look, I, but no, I I know from experience that people look at and assume other people. I mean, people do do this, but like you can't defeat yourself and just assume. Right. Oh, black men ain't gonna don't like, check yourself. Like, quit checking yourself. For you actually went out and got the experience, you know. And, and just because one or two or three or four people said they weren't feeling you, it's a lot of niggas on earth. Like, yeah, for real, like, a lot and, of them. I know some people who exclusively want them a big honey. That's it. BBW yeah, yeah, yeah. only. Yeah. Like, yeah, I got a couple buddies like that. I got yeah. one buddy as skinny as a damn rail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's oh, no, that's like, normally who it be. It be them slim, tall, and you know, I, I, I just, I just love it all. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, just going to be I'm just going to be real like like God God did a good thing with women. Amen. Hey, so, bro, on so, the real. Yeah, on the real. Like, like, and so, let's not and let's let's not hold this shit down. Not just women. 
God did some powerful shit with the black woman. Mm, yeah, yeah. Specific. I got a whole analogy. I'm going to do that on the next episode because that's that going to take too long to do it on this one. But last question, gentlemen. And before I get to the last question, I thank y'all so much for coming on this podcast, taking time out y'all busy schedules just to come fuck with your boy. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know this Just Elders podcast thing. It's just something I'm doing. Just to give the people what they want. You know what I'm saying? Real conversation from real people while we living in the real world. Appreciate you having me, bro. And, uh, Appreciate you having me. So... Last question, because we all we had all the world asking y'all why, 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 black man, why? But we want to ask y'all, what does the black man want to say? You got one comment. Uh, I guess this one, just because of current events in my life, I just want to say to, in general, to other brothers out there, um, number one, or just two quick things. Number one, I'd like to say, whatever you're doing, make sure you're competent about it. Um and that you don't play with it, you know, play with your life. And what I mean by that is if you say you want to do music or you want to do, you know, construction, I don't care what it is, actually become competent, learn about your craft and do that. Like, for instance, I know somebody that wants to do music. I'm like, how much do, how much do you get paid per stream? You know, how, how many, what different labels, what options are you to, there for to make revenue? So that's one thing that I see when I'm talking to brothers who want to do things but they actually don't know their craft and are competent about it. So I like to say that, you know. I like your cousin. Um, yeah, I like that nigga too, man. That nigga solid, like bro. That nigga yeah. solid, right? You know what I'm saying? He a solid dude, bro. <laughs> hey, but look, don't <laughs> get attached. Because okay. you ain't going to see the nigga oh, six I, months. Oh, yeah. So like, he'll, dis- he'll disappear I'm on you. Going you in the, in the, you got three kids, man. I ain't mad at him. That shit a problem, bro. The second thing I like to say is, hey, we got to invest in our emotional intelligence. And what I mean by that is, you know, we invest in our education to try to get a job or whatever. We invest in our vehicle and finance that for years. But how much are we actually investing? And this is something I've done. And this is one of the reasons I be away for a lot of times because I'm trying to figure out why do I do certain things that I do? What, you know, what the whys, you know, why are you in a strip club? Not necessarily me. I don't be in a strip club no more. But why why you feel like you always got to go do this or why you got to do that? But you got to know those things about yourself. So... I would just say take some time because your emotional intelligence, you know, um, is going to determine how you do everything else, how hard you work, how you respond to disaster and frustration and death. So spend time working on yourself and figuring out your own emotions and why you do things, you know. Um, I think that's really important, you know, for us as brothers because a lot of times we're trying to make it and we don't slow down and figure out why we do what we do, you know, and the source of certain things, so... Emotional intelligence and being competent about what you're doing. Those are the two things I like to say. Okay, black man. Next, which G want to go? I go. Um, what was the question again, my brother? Uh, no, it ain't a question. What do black man want to say? What do you okay, want to say? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I just want to say that, I mean, this has been a real good conversation, man. And I appreciate brothers like y'all getting together and inviting me to, you know, share whatever little knowledge that I do have in, 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 in a respectful manner. But, um, I know, it's just important that uh, we just be the best that we can be as an individual, as a, me as a father and as a business owner and as a doorbell fixer. <laughs> um, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, happy. I say this, though. Boom. I do all of this to be happy, man. Happy is so important 
in in my life, man. You know what I mean? I, I want to. I, I I just want to enjoy life. I run from sadness. You know what I mean? I run from. You know, I don't want to have a part of it. I know that's not great either. But um, I just want to be happy, man. I want to travel. I want to. Uh, see the world. I want to make some decent money. I ain't got to be rich. I tell people I'm not, particularly, I'm not rich, but I ain't broke. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can do what I want to do out of life. And, 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 and I just want to be happy, man. And continue to be happy. I'm a happy person, man. I, and that's, and I think that's why you are rich. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> okay. I, know, huh? I think that's why you are. I mean, it just, it just is what it is, bro. So, and I, I I just I'm I'm gonna save mine for the ENG. What you got? No, I, um, my thing is we need to push our narrative. People are constantly saying we ain't this, we ain't that, but let me tell you, brother, we winning. When you really look at it closely, who we are, whether it is as a black man or a black woman, we are powerful, powerful, powerful people, winning. The narrative would confuse you to believe that we're not. But I would suggest that most people you know are doing okay, doing pretty good. And some of them are doing well. And all of that speaks to who we are. And that's the story that we need to continue to move forward and tell now, that we are accomplished. We have achieved in spite of the pressure that was against us. And that's, what, that's where our greatness lies, is for us to recognize who we are. We are powerful. Don't let nobody give you a narrative that says that we're not. And, and, and anytime they start to say black women or, or bitches ain't shit, you need to say, nah, that ain't my experience. Yeah. Niggas ain't shit. No, hold up. Who you talking about? Word. You know what I'm saying? That's what we need to get for real. Because until as long as we accept that bullshit about who we are, everybody else is definitely going to receive it. Absolutely. When we reject that shit, and don't tolerate it. Yeah. Nobody will believe that that's a part of who we are anymore. And they won't even attempt to speak that because it's well, no longer relevant. Because we check that shit. I like that. Might be a preacher or something, something, something <laughs> on stage. I was going to walk up to the altar, to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's strong, man. Hey. Yeah, that was real. <sighs> man. Come on with it, baby. Come on with it. Last words. For real night <laughs> falling. My wife, I got to be home for a dark. I know, right? You still like street lamp on, boy. That's street lamp on. <laughs> I, I will, I'll, I'll say this. And you know what? This is the theme that's happening in my life right now, and I'm seeing it more than ever. And I'm talking to the brothers, man. Uh, one thing that I just noticed, and I was talking to my good friend Parham. Y'all know Parham uh, the other day. One thing I just noticed my whole life, I've had a brotherhood. Like my whole entire life, I've had, whether it was one, three to five, strong, real, genuine brothers, strong men that I can lean on. And it, I think it really is a testament to how I live my life and why I am where I am. I, I have no problem venting, getting it out because I'm a part of a brotherhood. And it ain't, no, it ain't because of color, no not to know. No, not to a brother with colors and letters and fraternity group. Like all of my, I know almost everybody I know is Greek and Mason, something like that. But it's just something about having a true brotherhood because you black. Amen. 
You were a black man. You know what I'm saying? So to my brother, that's why we're doing what we do with the Black Man Lab every Monday. Just bringing brothers together, man. So like, just to my brothers out there that's listening, really, and, and then my sisters that are in serious relationships with brothers, encourage your man to be with other brothers. Amen. Like, for real, for real. That's, that's other uplifting brothers. Yeah, other uplifting brothers. Like, like, it has to happen for us to be able to thrive the way we need to thrive. When they talk about iron sharpens iron, like, that's really what we are doing for each other. And I know with everybody in this room, whether it's Gerald, Troy, G, Keith, I can call all of y'all, and I know what's going to happen. Like, I don't care what it is. I can call y'all, and I know it's going to get done. So when you walk in that level of confidence in life, to know you got some black men you can call on when you get down or when you need help. I think there's no wall. There's nothing that can stop me. You know what I'm saying? So invest and lean into a brotherhood. Amen. That's probably I'm going to end there. So with that being said, I want to thank everybody, all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this, please share, rate, like, review. Uh, follow me on social media, Just Eldridge. That's across all platforms. Do y'all want to share y'all Instagrams or anything like that? Uh, you can cash at me at It's Your Boy Troy for whatever <laughs> reason you like. I got three kids. Daycare. What if he get like? What if he get like five hundred dollars? Like you inspired me. Like what for real? That, that, hey. that should be fun. Hey, be a real one. Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. Dollar sign Eldridge Washington. If this blessed you anyway. <laughs> I'm Gerald Man on everything on Instagram. Gerald Man too. Uh, T W. You about to get hella followers. Yeah. They probably gonna be putting looking for oh. at sign uh, doorbell yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that cash app same thing too now. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, G? And uh, I'm G underscore Banker uh, for Instagram. Well, you know he a trick daddy, but. <laughs> And Gene Boykin on uh, Facebook. All right, y'all. We'll put the uh, information in the comment section. Follow these gentlemen, man. Again, y'all, I appreciate y'all. We're going to do this part two. I need more mics. I'm going to be real. I need more mics. I need more brothers. Thank y'all. See y'all next week for the Cougar Cave.